Welcome to the Weekly Beat by Mansa with your hosts Arnold Segawa, Maggie Mutesi, and Dumi Jere, giving you all the info on Africa's big finance and economic stories. The Weekly Beat by Mansa. Greetings and welcome to uh, Mansa's The Weekly Beat. I'm Arnold Segawa, your host, uh, coming to you live from, uh, I would say, Johannesburg, South Africa. And of course, as always, joining me from uh, uh, Kigali, Rwanda and Johannesburg, I do have uh, Maggie Mutasi in Kigali and uh, Dumi Jere in uh, Johannesburg. Maggie, how are you doing today? Uh, doing okay, Arnold. Still in lockdown, I have to say. So <laughs> okay. uh, we're waiting okay, for okay. the getting out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, uh, Dumi, how's it going on your side? We're good, we're good. Uh, you know, the usual story, masking up, sanitizing, social distancing, the works seems to be working for now. Mm. Okay. Um, uh, now, th- this week we got word that uh, San Francisco-based, uh, of course, a U.S. startup, that's a zipline. They made it very clear that uh, uh, they are uh, leading when it comes to uh, the distribution of uh, COVID-19 vaccines in all the markets where they are operating. Remember, this is a drone company. Uh, currently, it has uh, been in Rwanda since 2016. It expanded to Ghana in uh, 2020. Uh, Dumi, uh, let me start with you. Um, what do you make of this particular development? Maggie, you'll come in immediately after. No, so I think uh, it's been a good development. Um, I read somewhere that uh, they were also uh, delivering uh, PPE, personal protective equipment, to hospitals. Uh, that's back in their home country, North Carolina, uh, using drones as well. So I thought that was something fascinating. So um, them now also coming into uh, the vaccine space, I think uh, it's a timely uh, a welcome development, particularly when we think of uh, the rural areas uh, that make up uh, a majority of African countries. So I think it's a good uh, good development from my side. Maggie, uh, you're no stranger to Zipline. I remember uh, a few years ago when they uh, touched base in uh, Kigali. Uh, this particular development, I'm sure you were not surprised. Of course not at all. It's a very, very uh, amazing step uh, in the fight against coronavirus. I mean, years ago when they came to Rwanda, one of the things we realized was a lot of people, you know, were dying because of um, uh, not having access to hospitals. And they bridged that gap where they could deliver blood in the shortest time possible to save lives. And it has worked in Rwanda. Now we're talking about a virus where people in rural areas like Dumi said will need to be vaccinated but I think it's a very big step. And it also is an eye-opener to African innovators. It's a brilliant step ahead. Right. Uh, let's touch on uh, the elephant in the room, which is uh, the fact that uh, some of the viruses, like uh, fi- uh, some of the vaccines, my apologies, like uh, Pfizer's, uh, need uh, ultra-cold storage. We're talking uh, uh, negative 44 degrees Celsius to uh, close to negative 60 degrees Celsius, which is the sweet spot. Um, Dumi, just uh, talk me through the complexities, at least on the logistical side in India. They're calling it a logistical nightmare. Uh, talk me through the logistical nightmare that might be trying to push investment towards the logistics end of things, knowing very well cold storage is going to undo your business. Obviously, like you mentioned, um, I think the most uh, is needs to be stored at about minus 70 degrees. Uh, and then obviously when it's now being um, being given to the people, it needs to stay between say two and eight degrees. 
And uh, obviously, uh, it becomes a logistical nightmare from the point of view of um, in most rural areas, majority of them do not have electricity. So it makes storage of that um, a little bit tricky. Uh, I just wanted to highlight quickly, like um, there was uh, uh, an initiative that um, Econet Wireless, a uh, telecoms company in Zimbabwe, uh, came up with, and that was uh, years ago. Um, they donated high-tech vaccine fridges to rural areas um, in which they operate as a business. Uh, and then these fridges were able to maintain low temperatures for up to 10 days. So they used the excess energy that is generated from uh, their base stations. So I thought that was a good initiative that uh, Econet Wireless came up with there, which is something that um, a lot of uh, telecoms players could actually uh, think about and probably do some of these uh, initiatives to help uh, keep these vaccines cool, in, particularly in areas where there's not uh, enough electricity out there. So from an investment point of view, uh, that's an opportunity. Um, startups could partner with uh, big telco uh, or telco could uh, make these some of their CS, uh, corporate social responsibility initiatives, and then uh, take it up from there uh, in alleviating the logistical nightmare. Mm. Uh, Mikey, I understand you've been talking to uh, some people from West Africa, Senegal to be uh, specific. Uh, just talk me through this. It's one thing to store vaccines, and it's another thing to have access to these vaccines itself. Um, I mean, Senegal are still waiting for vaccines through the World Health Organization. And they have a program which is helping finance deliveries to 92 developing nations. So there's, there's still that conversation. Do we have access to vaccines? Are we even able to buy these vaccines? And later on now, you talk about storing them in countries that are really hot. Countries like Senegal, we're looking at, you know, weather being at 35 degrees Celsius. It's such a massive investment to be able to just store them and then later on even acquire them. So uh, this, is, this is an opportunity to a lot of startups, a lot of investors um, to be able to help in this fight, to not only find innovative ways to get access to those vaccines, but also to tailor them to the African needs. Uh, we're talking about weather conditions. We're talking about um, infrastructure. We're talking about power supply uh, in some of these areas. So I think these are all things that, that, that need to be attended to in this entire equation of uh, providing vaccines to the people. Definitely. Uh, it might also come off like uh, putting the carriage before the, uh, the cart, before the horse. And uh, I do mean, uh, bringing it back to Johannesburg, uh, just uh, earlier on this week, uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa uh, addressed the nation and uh, he, he was in utter awe of uh, what MTN had done, you know, MTN just if in case you missed it, MTN donated 25 million US dollars uh, to uh, towards uh, the, uh, the African Union uh, for COVID-19 vaccinations. Now, uh, Dumi, just talk me through this and uh, maybe the role of the private sector when it comes to this space. Yeah, um, that addressed by President Ramaphosa, uh, I mean, who's also the chairperson of uh, African Union. Uh, I think you mentioned that they, they had secured a provision of 270 uh, million COVID-19 vaccine doses on behalf of uh, the member states of AU. Um, but with a population of about 1.3 billion, uh, Africa as a continent will require many more doses to achieve at least 60% herd immunity. So 
The deal with MTN is a big deal because one, it's an example of good, sustainable uh, investing on the part of uh, uh, MTN. Uh, they're being a good corporate citizen. Uh, governments alone are not going to be able to meet uh, the demands and the requirements uh, that are the, that are needed to vaccinate uh, everyone. So public and private uh, partnerships like that one uh, then become critical if, uh, as a continent, we're going to succeed in this fight against the pandemic and make our efforts in restoring social and economic norms uh, much better. So um, I'm very impressed with uh, MTN donating this much uh, to secure. I think uh, it's about 7 million doses uh, that they, I mean, that will be covered by the 25 million uh, for health workers across the continent. Uh, but I think um, more and more corporate uh, citizens need to come to the party and meet the, the various governments uh, halfway. And that's the only way as a continent we'll be able to uh, to get over this um, uh, this bridge. I believe this collaboration uh, is a very good one. Mm. Um, as we uh, wrap it up, I want to get your views, uh, I think the two of you, uh, when it comes to really uh, seeing silver linings, because uh, some companies which I might not name uh, might actually be thriving from the pandemic as it is. Uh, the likes of Amazon, you know, delivery services, logistical companies, uh, do you see this very briefly before we wrap up as an opportunity for uh, some particular sectors? And if so, just give me one company. Mandy, let me start with you. I mean, um, there is an opportunity not just for these companies, from, uh, global companies that we mentioned last last week that have been thriving. And um, there hasn't been that much, not all over Africa, but there hasn't been that much public-private sector uh, uh, partnerships uh, as we would expect them to be, where things that are supposed to be taken on by government, many times the private sector is is not at par like you would really expect. There is a chance for a lot of um, private companies in Africa. I want to say in Africa especially, because in, in those 1,000 billionaires somewhere, somehow, we just didn't go through the whole list, there could have been some African companies in South Africa, uh, in Nigeria. So. There is a huge chance, especially for them to work with governments and be a part of this, you know, this solution. Dumi? Well, uh, speaking of billionaires, uh, and with what I spoke about earlier on, the internet wireless, uh, the founder, Strive Masiwa, the Zimbabwean philanthropist, who is also uh, on the Africa CDC um, 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 organization. Uh, I think he's one that has done something slightly different and using his, uh, um, 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 his wealth, uh, if you will, to benefit um, uh, many more people across the continent. But coming back to the points uh, that um, you asked, um, I think there are pockets of opportunity, uh, particularly from a um, technology perspective. Um, if one thing the COVID pandemic has taught us is that technology is going to be a huge part of our lives going forward. If this point was not clear before, I think uh, now it's, it, it, it has been really cemented in all of us. So be it other African startups that are based on the African continent uh, coming up with something uh, that mirrors closely what Zipline is doing. Because Zipline, I mean, Maggie mentioned it's only 
uh, active in what Rwanda, Ghana, Nigeria, or a few other areas. Uh, but Africa is a continent of about what fifty-five or so um, uh, countries. Mm. So there's an opportunity to roll out uh, some of these uh, uh, technological advancements. Uh, also, in line with uh, the ecofiles example that I gave earlier on, the excess power that is generated from um, the base stations, there could be refrigerators that can be used uh, to store that. Again, that could be an opportunity for uh, partnerships with the companies that own the, the base stations. That's where I would look at uh, in line with what we're talking about this week. Mm. Okay, uh, uh, thanks for that. Uh, interestingly, uh, I was just going through Zipline and it uh, turns out they've delivered close to 1 million doses of uh, other vaccines across Africa. That's in uh, Kaduna State in Nigeria. So, uh, yeah, uh, definitely an opportunity. A uh, few already established the Amazons of this world, the Ziplines of this world, uh, might be a, a, an even bigger opportunity to uh, uh, do some good and fight the good fight. Uh, that's where we live it for this uh, edition of uh, the Weekly Beat, of course, by Manser. Uh, many thanks to my hosts, co-hosts, if I could say, uh, Dumi Jere in Johannesburg and uh, Maggie Mutasi in uh, Kigali. If you didn't miss anything in the course of the week or even on the day, uh, be sure to uh, rush off to our social media platforms. Just uh, search Manser Media. That's on Facebook, uh, Manser Media underscore Africa on Instagram and at Manser Media on Twitter. I'm Arnold Segawa. Many thanks for each and every one of and of course you the avid listener from us have a lovely day the weekly beat by mansa with your hosts arnold segawa maggie mutesi and dumi jerry giving you all the info on africa's big finance and economic stories the weekly beat by mansa